Eno, you there? Sorry. Eno, you there? I'm there. Hello? Hey, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. No problem. Glenn, could you do me one favor? I did not bring my phone in, so I don't have a clock. 15, 16 minutes, okay? All yep. right. You ready, Eno? Uh-huh. All right. Hey, I'm going to give you, a, early in the interview, I want to give you a chance to plug uh, how proud you are of The Athletic and how people can subscribe to that, okay? Okay, thanks. Okay. In three, two, one, go. And joining us now from theathletic.com is one of the really smart reads, uh, if you're a sports fan and a baseball fan in particular. Eno Saras joins us now uh, from theathletic.com. Eno, how would you describe yourself to to readers out there that may not know about you yet? What do you exactly write and do at The Athletic? Uh, well, it says analytics. So I know that turns people off. I, really, I just think of myself as a nerd. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if that turns people off. But, uh, you know, just generally, I, I, I like to just dive in deep. So yep. I, I like to think about, uh, you know, a small change that a pitcher has made and how, that, how that's really changed his overall, you know, efficacy. I like to just kind of look into, you know, trends in the game and, and where money's being spent and where attention's being spent, where the research is. So I just, I just read all the available research out there and try to apply that to baseball. So, yeah, I'm like kind of a deep diver or a nerd. Yeah. I like the deep diver uh, aspect because I used it in a line recently that I'm not a deep diver, but thank goodness I've got people like you around. Before, <laughs> before we talk about a little bit about how money's being spent or not spent in MLB right now, I wanted you to uh, tell our listeners and our folks watching on Facebook Live how how you feel the athletic is doing. You guys have been out a bat, little over a year, I guess. It will be 14, 15 months. Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's been really exciting. You know, we didn't have a baseball, we didn't have a baseball team, like of riders. We didn't have a coverage of baseball, basically, except for like three markets to start last year. And now we have, we're on all 30. So it's kind of exponential, crazy growth. But at the same time, you know, all the guys that they've picked up, all the, it's not just guys, but all the writers that we picked up in every market, I feel like have been the ones where I've been like, Oh yeah, that's who I would have gotten. That's right. who I would have gotten. And so for me, that's really exciting. Cause I write nationally and what I get to do and what Ken Rosenthal gets to do and what Jason Stark gets to do at, at the national level is sort of collaborate, talk to, bounce ideas off of, get information from, get quotes from. So I think that's really the kernel for me that, that makes the athletic unique and what makes it so great is we have great local coverage and great national coverage, and between the two, both are going to get stronger. I mean, because, the, the lineup that you guys put out there with Rosenthal, Gannon, Stark, uh, Jim mm-hmm. Bowden, and the other guys you mentioned, in addition to some of the best local people around, uh, just uh, give you a lot of kudos out there. And you got two fine people in Baltimore and Dan Connolly on the Orioles and Jeff's Reback on the Ravens. So uh, how can people, uh, what's the best way for somebody to dial in there on the URL and subscribe? Well, if they're if they are a Baltimore fan, you could just find one of those writers and and check their last piece, mm-hmm. and you'll you'll probably get uh, you'll probably get uh, you know a deal. We're usually hovering around forty percent off um, for the year, which means it ends up being about a dollar ninety nine a month, and you get 
all your local coverage and then the national coverage. Or you can find me on Twitter, E-N-O-S-A-R-R-I-S. My last piece, click in there, find, find something. Right now I just wrote about Brian Dozier and how injuries have – he's never been on the DL, but yep. injuries have affected his career, and I think that's a big part of why he'll bounce back from the Nationals next year. So. I, I read that piece yesterday, but the piece that really caught my eye, and there were two of them over the last few days, is a piece you put out on the 7th. Uh, which teams are best positioned to spend more on players this season? And what, what, what blew my socks off, and maybe you'll tell me, Stan, you're, you're reading this wrong – but between the 10 teams you mentioned, and I'll pretty much uh, I'll ascribe how I feel you feel about those five teams, um, the Orioles, the Blue Jays, the Giants, Twins, and Royals, I'm guessing you don't think that they stand real good chances of being contenders this year. And then the other grouping, um, with the Indians, the Rays, the Pirates, and the Astros, I think you feel if they spend a little bit more money – they could be contenders, but between those ten teams you mentioned, am I reading this right that there's a negative three hundred and fifty eight point three million dollars spent to date compared to last year? Yeah, and uh, I mean, there's a couple things going on. Last year was one of the first times that we ever spent less on free agency than the year before. Yeah, uh, and I saw that was uh, like eighteen million dollars less, I believe. Yeah, okay. but even something small like that, it, it means that there's no inflation. Usually there's about a 10% inflation. Okay. So deflation is a really big deal. The last time deflation happened was uh, a year you might recognize, 1994. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, I think that was a big eye-opener for everyone. And even this year, you know, I think once Harper and Machado sign, we might find uh you know, uh, maybe a, just a stagnant market, or maybe a little bit of inflation, because they're going to have such big, big deals that it'll it'll kind of skew everything. Uh, but at the same time, what you're also finding is that there's a lot of teams that are just not spending, and they're not they're not spending because they're not competitive. But there's no there's no salary floor, so there's, so there's no reason for them to spend. There's no reason for the Orioles necessarily to spend this year, and so they're going to go in with a, a whopping seventy one million dollar payroll cut from last year. And they may even cut more during the season if they yep. if they trade Mark Trumbo and Andrew Kashner. So, you know, by the end of the year, they might spend eighty or ninety million less than last year. And of course, it makes sense because they're going to be a pretty bad team this year. But at the same time, that's meaningful. And what happens is you have a lot of teams that are kind of quote unquote tanking and not spending any money, and that's throwing off. It's it's making for kind of super teams and bad teams, hundred win teams and hundred loss teams which can kind of not make compelling baseball, but it's also meant uh, something for the players. And the players, we might be headed towards some labor strike, I think. I'm looking at that, and it's clear that Rob Manfred, uh, who who, uh, negotiates quite a bit in his job and, and has for years in Major League Baseball before he was commissioner, I mean, he took Tony Clark, uh, I can't specify where he took them to the cleaners, but but he sure did, and they've responded by August. They've hired Bruce Weber, a noted litigator and attorney uh, who's done some amazing things in sports. Do you think these kind of numbers that you were playing around with in this article, they lead you to believe that when this contract ends or even just before it ends, that, that we could be in for some labor strife in Major League Baseball? 
Yes, I, I do think so. And I think the main thing is this. I mean, people can say, oh, it's because of nerds like you. It's because of analytics like that you, that you espouse to that we no longer give long deals or we no longer pay people when they, when they're post peak, when they turn 30. You know, we, that's why there's no big deals. That's, that's fine. You know, yes, okay, maybe these teams are being smarter, maybe. But the problem is that the whole way this is structured is that players were supposed to get paid less than market rate when they were in arbitration, when they're young, when they're mm-hmm. team, under team control, and the, the, the carrot was supposed to be free agency. It was supposed to be capless free agency. Well, the luxury tax is acting as a cap. Most teams don't want to go over it. And since that's acting as a cap, that's also suppressing salaries. And now they're not spending for these long deals. They're not giving, especially mid-term, mid-tier free agents like the yep. Todd Frazier of the world, they're not spending on those guys. They're not giving them more than a year or two anymore. Um, and, you know, a guy like Yasmani Grandal, who, you know, Brian McCann – and and Russ Martin, who were older than Grandal was this year when they got their deals, right. got $80 million deals, and, and Yasmani Grandal gets $18 million. So, you know, uh, that the, the carrot is no longer there at the end. So what the, the Players Association is really going to focus on is something like doubling the minimum salary, make, getting them more pay when they're younger, right. and maybe cutting a year of arbitration. But owners are going to... Fight back. They're going to fight back like crazy on those things. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, year of arbitration is a lot of money that that they don't want to spend. So, so knowing that you do the deep dive into these figures, the Mm -hmm. the 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 total dollars in baseball right now though are going up, aren't they? I mean, the the uh, money coming into the game through different areas. So, why is the commissioner? Not being, and I'm not saying he should bend over and and take it, you know. But why is he f- hunkering down so hard right now? Well, we'll have to see. Maybe maybe that huge deal they just signed a really big deal with Fox, right? Uh, you know, for a national TV deal. Maybe the owners will feel like you know we are in a good spot. You know, the owners just got a bunch of money. They each got about thirty million dollars from the from the partial sale of. Uh, MLBAM, which is kind of a technology wing. That's the so, BAM? Was that BAM? Yeah, BAM. Yeah. So yeah. when they sold BAM, everybody got like $30, $40 million. So maybe they're all feeling like, you know, this is good. Uh, at the same time, though, uh, attendance, like in-park attendance is down. Um, so maybe they feel like something is is uh, a problem there. So, you know, and then yeah. you see how they're actually spending on payroll, and it seems like a lot of teams are just are cutting payroll. So that those owners must be feeling nervous. So there's uh, there's definitely uh, different ways to look at things, and the owners will probably feel like, hey, we're nervous about this and this and this, and we don't want to necessarily pay you guys a lot more. Uh, and the players are like, well, you know, free agency isn't what it used to be. Free agency is dead, so we need to do something. So that's that's why I think it's kind of going to be a rock and a hard place. But it is good that they got more litigators. I think what Tony Clark focused on when he got in there, everything seemed hunky dory. Everyone mm-hmm. was happy. So he got them chefs, he got them nap rooms, he, he kind of thought as a player. He was like, okay. what, you know, what do I want as, a, as, a, as an established star? I want, you know, food, you know, After games, food everywhere. Yep. I want, yep. you know, my life, I want less travel, you know, so they've, they've worked less travel days. They, 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 they did make the life better, but they didn't, they didn't focus on the financial aspect. Yeah, the other end of that, before we dig into something else, is it's not a cap, but boy, it seems like, collectively, and I'm not talking in necessarily in a collusive way, but all these analytics people, they know that signing players after 32, say, 
doesn't make a lot of sense to be locked into guys for 33, 34, 35. We'd yeah. rather get them on one-year deals. Yeah, and and in the cap, yeah, you mentioned the cap. Uh, the luxury tax is not supposed to be a cap, but the problem is they put in so many penalties. It's not just monetary penalties. Mm-hmm. If you if you go over the cap three years in a row, you start getting you start dropping in the draft. Your, okay. your, your, your draft pick drops like 10, 10 picks just because you've you've been in the luxury tax so long. You start losing international spending money, and for a team that's trying to remain competitive while they spend money, those penalties are actually worse than than some of the monetary penalties. They can they can run a payroll. Uh, up there, but if they also start losing picks, then they start uh, losing the ability to remain competitive. We're talking with Eno Saris of theathletic.com. He does the deep dive into a lot of numbers surrounding the game of baseball. Eno, I want to get to one other area, but before I do that, how well do you know Sig Meidel, uh, who was hired by the Orioles to run their analytics wing? I don't know him personally, but I do know that he's had success wherever he's gone. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Cardinals were a top flat, top class organization. They've, they've actually, the Cardinals have produced more current major leaguers, uh, you know, in the game right now than everybody except for the Rangers and the Yankees. So the Cardinals, uh, are been, have been great at producing major leaguers. And then he went over to the Astros and they, they right now, the Astros are probably the best team in baseball in, when it comes to player development. And um, they, they spend the most money on technology, wearable technology, tracking technology, and they're trying to turn that into best practices. So they're trying to find how should we teach our hitters, how should we teach our pitchers. And you, you start to see that with a lot of their um, you know, role players even, guys that are coming up and, and just succeeding in the major leagues because they've been coached so well. You know, before we let you go, your piece uh, that just came out the uh, day before yesterday, I believe it was, on the Vegas numbers, the over-unders, are mm-hmm. here. Uh, what do you make of them? What's interesting in them? And I'm not just talking Baltimore-specific. Well, you know, one of the things that happens with projections and with, with Vegas things is that, the Vegas numbers, is that they kind of tend towards the middle. And what they, they, they kind of push everything towards 500. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, the Orioles, for example, uh, they're projected to, to only lose 100. Vegas says they're going to lose more than 100. And Vegas is probably more closer to right because not only are the Orioles bad now, they're only going to get worse over the course of the season as they try and trade away anybody they can do. Correct. Um, and teams that are projected to be sort of 90-win teams um, are going to add. They're not, not only going to add, like the Phillies right now are only projected to win 80 games. Well, they're in the hunt for Machado and Harper. Uh, they've just said that they want to, they want to spend more. And if they're competitive in season, they're only going to trade for more talent uh, throughout the season. So, um, you know, that's a, that's why I kind of picked the Nationals as as a good bet. And then they go out and get Brian Dozier the same day got, that I, I say the Nationals are a good bet and got gonna better. Yeah, yeah, and and, and in season. They're going to, you know, if they're bullpen right now, you look at it and say, oh, I don't know. I think that has some cracks in it. Well, the Nationals every year go out and trade for a reliever. So, you know, that's that's something they can do again. One more team I want to ask you about, because I could sit here and ask you about ten more teams, but the <laughs> Brewers, who came within a game of get, or two games of getting to the World Series, they're estimated to win 78 games. Uh, is that because they lost Jonathan Scope? I doubt that. <laughs> Well, that was that was before Grandal, so they might be closer to yeah. a, a, a 500 team now. But 
Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, th- I find the Brewers very interesting because they've now two years in a row have beaten projections pretty mm-hmm. badly. Um, and last year they were projected to win, you know, 80 games and they won 96. So, you know, some people say, well, that means the projections are missing something here. They're probably, they might be right. At the same time, just beating the projections a year or two in a row does not mean the projections are all wrong. It just means you could be an outlier. So I'm really interested to see how they do this year. Um, you know, they do do things differently. They do some opener stuff where they mm-hmm. use reliever to start a game. Uh, they use their, their starting pitchers less than anyone. Uh, they have these plans for the starting pitchers where they come in and they radically change their, their pitch mixes, um, start throwing sliders 40%, 50% of the time, you know, whatever it is, cutters. Wade Miley went to from a fastball to a cutter. Uh, as its primary pitch with them. So they, they, they're doing a lot with platooning and, and trying to get the most out of their players. But at the same time, um, you, you kind of look at that team and you say, okay, I, I see you got Christian Yelich and you got Lorenzo Cain. And what else? <laughs> I, I... Uh, they're, starting, they're, they're starting pitching, uh, had the worst fastball velocity in the league last year. So, you know, they're kind of, you're kind of looking at that and you say, okay, you got a bullpen, you got some defense, you got two good, you know, offensive players, but that doesn't seem like a 96 win team. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, what are we missing? What are the projections missing? How much do we have to learn from the Brewers? Uh, and so going into this year, I'm, I'm really excited to see what they do. All right. Eno Saris of TheAthletic.com, many thanks for uh, being on with us. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks a lot. Can you hang one second, Eno? Okay. I just had a quick question. I because mm-hmm. I cited your thing, your 